So I guess it's time to record another evolving hockey podcast. <laughs> How many episodes are we up on now? This like is nine I, episodes. No, this is going to be episode ten, I believe. Oh, we're in double digits. Oh, and is it I really? started from zero. You didn't post. We started from zero, so now we're screwed up. We didn't record episode. We didn't put out episode two. Yeah, I, I'm looking on our. Uh, uh, this is a little inside look at how a pod, no, the episode podcast. Episode nine. It's we have, nine. This is the order of our podcast. It went zero, one, and then we. We we then we skipped to three, <laughs> and it was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But we didn't release. So this is episode ten. It's episode it's, ten. Well, and it is the tenth one because we start at zero. That's what I'm saying. We just didn't it's, release episode two. So technically, there are like we've mentioned, we've hinted at this. There's an eleventh episode out there that was episode two, which is actually our third episode that we scrapped because it wasn't good. So we do, just so everybody knows, we do have a little editorial, uh, we do have a uh, you know, we, we try to make it, you know, entertaining, and, we, and if we don't like it, we, we say, uh, you know, we're not going to release it. Uh, so every one that we've released so far has been very entertaining. It's gotten uh, the seal of approval. According to well, me. We did, like, release, like, a half episode, though. Well, that was, yeah, but that was, <laughs> the technical that was issues technical one. issues. We're a, we're a, we're a fledgling startup podcast, you know, we're going to have these issues, and, and, you know, you just hope that the fans stick with you. <laughs> But anyway. I really don't know how the Python, how Python people do it, like starting from zero. Like it's just not intuitive. I, so I'm going to be honest. I don't even really um, like you. You mentioned that, like you know, and I, I, you do know. I'm assuming, Sean. But Luke, for those who don't know, Luke and I, um, we have. I don't know if Luke has ever tried Python. Luke, have you ever used Python? Uh, no. Yeah. Never so have. There are. Um, we won't get into this too much, although we could we could do an episode talking about like you know the the R versus Python. But we use a language called R, which is the letter R. That's what almost all of our work. Um, I would say ninety nine percent of everything that Luke and I do is in R, other than the occasional one percent, which is just um, either you can't. Well, most of the time it's just uh, I'm lazy and it I need to do some, I need to do some custom entries into Excel. So I will use Excel every so often, but. Sean is referencing the way that um, programming languages index. So they start at zero or one, which we already talked about. And um, I don't, for those of you, like Luke and I don't use Python. I've never used Python other than like one time I think I tried to and I said, no, I'm not going to do this. Where Sean is a Python pro, I'm pretty sure. Sean. I'm not a Python. I am not a Python pro, but I've <laughs> used Python before. I, when I initially started out, I thought Python was more intuitive. And. I mean, it, I guess it kind of is, but once you sort of get into R and you learn like the dplyr functions, I think that's it ends up being more intuitive. I do. I like a a pipe. Yeah, yeah. like a pipe. I like a nice pipe. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? If, who whoever doesn't? is listening to this who doesn't know what R is, it's it's gonna sound a little, a little off. What are you but, talking whatever. about, Sean? I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody, all our programmers love a good pipe. <laughs> but anyway, the indexing thing is that most, I'm pretty sure most programming languages start with yeah, zero. I just, I just said that. I mean, that was the thing. So but anyway. It was a bad joke. It was Sean's joke. He made the joke, <laughs> and we stuck with it. Yeah, nice bad joke, Sean. Yeah. But uh, is it snowing over there, Sean? I was going to say, it's our first snowfall of the day, no, I mentioned. We've gotten a lot of rain. I do think it's snowing in the Berkshires, or it snowed in the Berkshires. Okay. We just got a lot of rain, um, like some pretty bad rain. I saw some videos yesterday of the UMass campus, and it was like all flooded, like buildings were flooding and whatever. Oh, wow, really? Uh, the Berkshires? Yes, the Berkshires. <laughs> is this our, uh, are this we going to do another geography our lesson? Weekly, our monthly geography lesson. So the lesson. geography lesson... So the Berkshires are a really nice part of Massachusetts. It's the furthest west portion, and it's kind of like, I don't know, 
where the Appalachians and like I think it's somewhere in Vermont, right? Yeah. But it's kind of like part of the Appalachian Mountains. Um, so like Pittsfield. So Pittsfield is where my family is originally from, where they like settled, if you will. So yes, that would that would count as the Berkshires. Wait, do you trace your family all the way back to like like, like colonial times? Yeah, are you like what like a original settler of the? You no, know? no, 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 no. But like we have like a family house, and most of my family is is from there. Okay, like, the house that my the Ferris family originally um, bought when they got here, they still have, um, and then most of my family lives up there. Yeah, because. Uh, <laughs> Wait, how but, many? So, how many generations are you? What's your? Do you know what generation you are? American? Generation American? Um, third. Okay, I think that's us. Our great grandpa emigrated here from Norway, so our grandparents were the first generation on our mom's side. Our dad's side's a little bit more uh, um, unclear, but on our mom's side anyway. So that's kind of our background anyway. This is we're we're really getting off uh, off to a good but, tangent, but. Here. I guess I'd finish it off as it's a very nice area. Uh, Great Barrington is another part of that. North Adams, the, the whole county. Um, a lot of people do come up from like New York City or whatever, um, and they'll have like weekend homes there and like Tanglewood and whatever. So it's it's a it's a beautiful area of New England. And it was snowing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a nice geography <laughs> lesson <laughs> for it's probably, for the week. It's probably comparable to, to northern Minnesota with people having cabins and spending, yeah. you know, going up and north. Wisconsin is and the Wisconsin same too. You know, got to anyway, anyway. We never teach Sean anything on this podcast. Yeah, he well, it's enough. We talked about, about we. This is a hockey podcast, Josh. and he's we like ten years younger than we are too. <laughs> this is unexpected. Well, oh, Massachusetts we is the state of hockey. So you oh, get oh, out of here! Excuse you. Excuse you now. Better take that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, Sean was telling us about his. Uh, he's been doing a great job with the Evolving Weekly uh, weekly segment. He's been getting on the site, um, and he was he. Uh, I I don't really blame him, but uh, he was talking about Troy Terry like Luke and I had never heard of Troy Terry before, and that we we didn't. And I was offended. When was the first time you heard of Troy I mean, Terry? Like, how long know, has he been in the league? Ducks fans. <laughs> he's been. He's like what on year? Is it his third season? It's his. It's his fourth theoretically he played two games in the 27 18 yeah season. so i yeah, will say that i'm basically I'm well aware of troy Terry. yeah any well oh, first of all we had the number one projected guard player in on the ducks this year so of course i knew that you know he, he he had a very high projection on our end but also i will be clear that if a player has played games in the nhl uh or at least more than like i don't know a season then i've probably heard of them but it's the issue is with prospects or players that have never been in the nhl is I, I literally don't know anything about them at all. Right. But Troy Terry is like most – he will forever be known as the World Juniors kid. Well, and that's like, what oh, I was – So I think I the saw The World him, Juniors TJ Oshie, essentially. I want to say that I saw him in the World Juniors when the Wild – like a lot of the kind of previously highly touted prospects of the Wild, it was like I think Cunnan and Greenway and Erickson Eck were all – is that the same year? Highly touted. Uh, yeah is that the word yeah it was it was so it was 2017 well eric's the next swedish i know but i was saying that it was a year the world junior i try i do try to tune in the world juniors but um it was one year that the wild had like four players that were supposedly all back a couple years ago everyone thought the wild's farm system was like crazy good and so i was watching i remember troy terry i I heard him actually first that was like one of the you know i i had heard him in the world i think he had a good world juniors didn't he or am I completely so misremembering it, this? It was. It all comes down to like the the uh, shootout 
for the semifinal game against Russia, and he basically did like a TJ Oshi. So he was fourth. Um, he was the fourth skater in line. Put it in, I believe, and then he did sixth and seventh round, and in the U.S. won it, and then went to the gold medal game. And did they beat Canada? They beat Canada that year, right? I think. I don't know. You're gonna you, asking me about lose. World Juniors is just yeah. It's, anywho, it's, anywho, that's kind of what he was known for. He ended up uh, signing a contract. He went to University of Denver. Oh, he's from Denver. He ended up signing a contract that spring after he was done. Um, so he played his two games with the Ducks, and then he sort of split time between San Diego and Anaheim for a couple of seasons. Last season he came up, but right now, as we record this, he sits fourth in the league in points. So he's okay. kind of having like a blow up year. Yeah. Granted, a lot of that has been some shooting luck. Yeah. But he's, he's seventh in the league in Gar, by the way. The st- the one stat that matters. <laughs> the one stat. Not points. We could we we can let's also go back to the arbitration thing. I, I'd like to get your thoughts. Oh yeah. Um, one second though, I just do want to clarify because. Because I never talk, I'm always wrong about prospects. It was 2017 that the Wild prospects were in it, which is the year I watched it. Luke, do you remember watch? We watched some of those games yeah. because everybody it, told me Luke Cunningham was going to be this, like uh, this. Is Wikipedia the article about the, the Wild? Yeah, the 2017 World Juniors. The top scorer from the 2017 World Juniors, Sean. Do you know who it was in the in the tournament? Um, from points, 2017. Top two, anyway. But the the number one listed on Wikipedia. Who would be? So, was this the year that they also like benched Kyle Connor? I don't, I, I, I don't remember because now I'm getting all of my my dates kind of screwed up here because we're thinking like 2016 and 15 drafts. Like I, I'm, I'm all screwed up. I'm all screwed up. Anyway, the the, the who, who are they? The leader, the top two, they're tied. Number one listed on Wikipedia, Kirill Kaprizov. He led in points, and then number two is Alexander Nylander. Um. But the player I was thinking of, actually, that I was getting Troy Terry and, and uh, Clayton Keller mixed up because I think Clayton Keller also had a really good World Juniors that year. And I remember um, the American team had some good players. But that did have uh, Erickson Eck was seventh in uh, points. Um, Greenway was ninth, tied for ninth. And then fourth was Shabbat. Fifth was Dylan Strom. Sixth was Mikhail Vorobiev. Biev? I don't, I don't know who that is. Uh, and then Erickson Eck's seventh, Colin White's eighth. Um, and Barzal and Greenway are ninth, so that's the 2017. But that I was correct. I just wanted to be clear, so I wasn't uh, not. I, I'm not saying that about me because I'm so great. It's just that I. I also for our <laughs> listeners, we want to make sure that we're not confusing. We, we leave people with bad information. But anyway, to continue, Troy Terry, great so, season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you know he's having kind of this like blow up in points. He has like a 33% shooting percentage right now. He's got like 11 goals on 33 shots or something like that. So it's uh it's quite something right now. But he's also like he's really a defensive forward. Like he's you guys should get onto his bandwagon as opposed to Val Nichushkin. <laughs> Let me who's take now a look. Being investigated Let me for, like, investigate um, this performance enhancing drugs too. I did hear about that. So what? Oh yeah, Troy Terry's got his rabbin charts looking pretty pretty nice this year. Uh, although it's he, always looked it's always looked nice because the defense is is always high. I mean, yeah. No, I so I had a tweet that Nichushkin came back in Colorado, beat the Canucks like seven one or something, which did happen. But I didn't hear about this doping allegation. I did. I saw some thing. Oh, but somebody. I, I, there was something in our mentions about it. I don't know. Course. I don't really. Who knows what to but think? Anyway. I, I didn't really. I didn't really look into it. I don't know. 
I didn't want to admit anything, but I mean, <laughs> we, we can skip over it for now. When when there's more concrete information, we can. Because, but who else? Because yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's the. I think the Ducks are they're overperforming where we thought they would be. Right, Luke. I mean, I don't know if you've. I don't. I mean, I all of to... the California teams, because like the the Kings. Um, one sec. We're recording this on a Saturday night, also. Um, the thirteenth of those November. Who are listening? Uh, let me see where the Kings are at. Well, it's that commercial, but the, I mean, the Kings have, have outperformed. They're like, um, what are they? They have like eight wins on the season now or something. Like they have a, they have a good record. Um, San Jose even has like California teams have come out of nowhere. Yeah. Anaheim I was just is trying to eight, find four and three at the time we speak. LA is eight, five and one at the time we speak. And San Jose is seven, five and one. Yeah, that's not where I thought a lot of those teams would be. <laughs> I mean, they're they're probably gonna fall off, right? But it's nice for them to enjoy that while they're while they're up here. Yeah, I meant to, and I I was gonna go and get this ready. See, Luke, we need to do a better job of preparing for this. I know <laughs> we got to get some stuff together. It's not, that, that's Google not like things. the evolving hockey brand. Like the I mean, evolving no, hockey brand well. Is to... <laughs> Let's be clear. We we don't ever release anything until we're fully 100%, 200% prepared that on the site, true. which is why it takes us a while to do stuff. But for this this podcast, I've been saying for the last few weeks that that I'm going to and I was doing some stuff earlier today, but then we just uh we got we got tied up. I was going to go look at um where the California teams ranked from um uh why is the Twitter search so bad? <laughs> I am just Have try- you tried Twitter Blue yet? What, what is gonna, that? Are you gonna get tried? I I haven't put in too much effort. I've only really kind of seen memes on it, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know what the draw is. Like, let me see. I mean, okay, Google. Thank you, Google, for having a better search than Twitter does to find tweets. All right, let's see. Initial point projections. Yeah, we had the. Let me go look at what we. Oh, yeah, so, so the, du- the ducks are about. Um, I'll, I'll edit this out after the fact. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, the ducks are about ten points over our initial projections for them, and the good lord. Yeah, the, the sharks are only a couple. I don't know. This is the initial though. That's the problem with yeah. T- I mean, Twitter is just a mess. But anyway, yeah, the, the ducks, ducks are, the, are, du- the ducks we had projected originally at um, seventy-two points, and Troy Terry has elevated them to eighty-two points. So clearly a 10 spar player and standing points of, you know, but no, I mean, yeah, the Ducks are a really interesting team this year. I mean, I, they're kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, at least from our projections, I would say. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would say, yeah, Troy Terry probably is a, a big, uh, a big part of that. Cause who, I mean, I'm trying to think this is all on the fly for the listeners is that, yeah, so it's right now the leaders in GAR for Anaheim are Troy Terry, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, um, Ryan Getzlov, which is interesting. I did see that earlier. Is that because he? How old is Getzlov? He's like, um, oh, he's late thirties. At maybe not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he's mid thirties. Mid thirties. So he uh, he's he looks a, older without hair. He's having a pretty good year, and that's almost all being driven well by his defense as well. So yeah, I, I, the Ducks are kind of looking. Uh, um, you know, they're like he's, he's thirty six like and a half. Yeah, Ryan Getzloff, which is uh, I don't Resurgence. know. Resurgence. 
I was just going to say, not to fully transition, but I was talking to, I tweeted about this a little bit as well, but I was doing a little research this week on um, the current uh, inactive players for, we are, I think this is the third or fourth episode that we've been saying we're close to having our fantasy in-season projection tool done. So I don't know, Luke, if uh, you think that we'll have those done this weekend or not. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to do some conditional formatting for the under under over performing. But stuff. I was I anyway I was <laughs> I was doing uh, I had to manually tr- go and track um, basically players that we projected uh, fantasy or gar th- uh, numbers for, um, which means that they had any kind of time on ice in the last year uh so but then comparing the players who had projections to the players who no longer um who who haven't played this year and just to get a good idea because there's a lot of players and my tweet was that there's a lot of hockey players that just kind of disappear that you just never hear about or you just don't get to pay attention to um and a lot of it is that if you're in a team or whatever you might see a retirement tweet or that they sign somewhere else but a lot of players this list i thought was really interesting because there are Currently, 208 players, or I think it's got down to 203 players that we had projections for this season that um, do not have playing time this year. And of those, uh, there's, I mean, it's probably 70% that are just AHL players, um, or mm, that, or or are also potentially call ups. But the uh, we we did have like I don't know, there were still like 30 players that we projected to play like more than 700 minutes this year that are no longer in. Uh, the league and a lot of them are just they're just unsigned like I was looking like Eric Stahl I I had forgotten Eric Stahl just never signed another contract Um, which kind of doesn't surprise me um, because he was I think 37 and he did have like a horrible shooting percentage in the last two years I think Um, but it was also like I mean there's some other players like um, like David Krejci uh, who is in the Czech Republic now, obviously, you know, we had some, uh, but we projected him to play more than a thousand minutes. So I think it's an interesting thing that, um, also leads into like, well, if you project a player to play a thousand minutes and they literally play zero cause they signed somewhere else, is that, should you hold that against you yourself, you know, or your projection system? Well, yeah, that's a really hard thing. We, you know, we don't try to, I mean, we could build in like probability of a player returning for next season and like kind of, but then that adds a whole other element. It's kind of the same thing of like, in the contract projections, we've had people who uh, sometimes – actually, I don't know if they get it mixed around, but it's um, – sometimes the term probabilities can be, in, I think, or can be interpreted as, like, the probability that they're actually going to sign that contract. Like, we're not predicting – it's, you know, we're not predicting that they're going to play in the its season. It's if they do play, this is what they would be – you know, this is what we would project them at. You know, kind of the same thing as, like, if they do sign a contract – this is what we would project them to sign for kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's a another another thing kind of entirely. Yeah, but it, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. I'll probably try to write something about, like, where all the current inactive players are and, like, what they're doing, or I guess based on my research, because it was not something I – I don't know. Maybe I did all this work, and there is actually some resource out there that shows all inactive players and retired players and unsigned players – um, that you can easily look at, but based on what I was looking for, it was we just need this so that we don't show these players in our in-season stuff, where people don't see like 200 players that are not you know playing and that aren't in the league because we got kind of chastised for not really realizing that a few of these players weren't in the league anymore because it's kind of hard to follow all of them. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't, see, I don't follow every single uh, Twitter feed for every single uh, reporter. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to do. That's a hard there's a lot thing. going on. There's a lot, a lot going, going on. on. Anyway. 
Um, but yeah, that's my keep a, keep an eye out. I'll try to have an article up, maybe a summary, because it also is kind of related to some kind of survivorship bias or falling out of the league uh, aspects for certain players. I remember, I think the one I always stick or think about is Jason Pominville, how he just stopped playing and he was very much probably still good and could have played another two or three years based on our projections. Um, so there's always every year, like I think Micah, yeah, Michael Blake McCurdy kind of tweeted a saying that he was doing some aging work too and noticed how many of the players still were actually pretty good and they just don't get signed for whatever reason, which is I think always kind of fascinating. I will mention that David Krejci is still playing hockey. He's yeah. playing over in the Czech Republic. I'd rather check in because I've seen he's been doing all right. He's got 21 points in 20 games. So I think if you did like a NHL to Czech Republic guard conversion, conversion, I think factor. you'd be pretty. You'd be pretty good. We beat Tro- Troy Terry. Yeah, I yeah. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> he's no like Troy Terry. No Troy Terry. <laughs> he's no Troy Terry. He's also 35. <laughs> uh, so, but oh, Buffalo I, just scored. Oh my lord. Yeah, Sean is Obviously watching. About to blow this. Yeah, Sean, I'm watching multiple games. It's. It's how are we Saturday supposed night. to put out a quality? Oh, what is Marner doing? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Sean, how are we supposed to put out a podcast when I'm our host is? I'm watching the fourth is... goal for anybody who's <laughs> – this is our Buffalo update. And I, 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 I don't even know what's going on here, to be honest with you. It's... They're just blowing it. Did Darlene score? Oh, my Lord. What's the, the score right league. now? It's 4-3. No, it's four four. They just had oh, yeah. oh, the NHL yeah. site had an update. There Most, it is four four. Bam! Did it just update? Oh it did. Oh my god! They're gonna blow was, it. They're gonna blow it. This we is had, Justin Wall's debut. I don't know what Marner was doing there. They're gonna score a fifth goal right here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Thanks for the we, play by play. We, we have, oh no! They. Oh my god! John is losing his people mind. People right will be able to figure out this mo- I mean, this moment, right? I mean, this is they're getting destroyed by tage thompson who if we want to talk about about stats is like kind of come out and i think he's he's back to or not back it's like for first time ever he's kind of got some good numbers this year i yeah i i yeah, actually that... heard this and i i refuse to believe it i haven't even looked into it i'm like there's no way gonna, this is I'm not look at the buffalo save we gotta do our buffalo savers update that's our but yeah our buffalo well, savers we just update. did the leafs check in yeah <laughs> well it was kind of like buffalo savers they're gonna win this game i'm telling you I mean that's you know yeah, yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. Well, and, and anyway, Tage Thompson is uh, a player that we have for we years. We moved on from Tage Thompson. Or oh. no, 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 we didn't. No, Troy we Terry. Didn't. Troy it's Terry. Just, I was two double two T double names. T's. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to keep everything together. No, we, yeah, we had that Leafs Savers. We had the Leafs predicted at seventy-one uh, percent to win this game. Yeah. Uh, Are they at home? They're at the in well, Buffalo. essentially. Oh, <laughs> they're in Buffalo. <laughs> And essentially, even still, yeah. Also, I was just looking. the The Coyotes are down to. Uh, we are projecting them at. I think what was it? We had them initial. They're ten points below what our original projection is. They're now at fifty nine point eight points projected. Yeah, with a point three percent playoff probability, which is very impressive. That's very low. But anyway, anyway, back to the do you the think, Sabres. <laughs> do you think that this guy? Well, let's talk about the Coyotes now. Have you watched a Coyotes game this year? Yeah, yeah. well, they played the Wild, and I tweeted. Uh, I tweeted afterwards. I said I think it's uh, like watching highlights of any team versus the Coyotes feels like bullying, because I oh I did watch some of that. I did watch some of that game, and that was just like it was rough. I, and I saw your tweet. Yeah, because like, this might be their the worst hockey team or worst NHL team 
they're that I will ever see. I mean, I will ever see. I watched some of the I so there are some mid 2010s teams that I we watched like the Sabers obviously from 14 15. Was it the 16 17 Avalanche that were really bad? The Arizona Coyotes from I think 13 14 and Edmonton around that time too. There were some really bad. Yeah, but teams in terms of goal differential, if I'm just looking at like our goal differential plus minus components right now, I mean, obviously this is only through 14 games. The Coyotes have a goal differential per 60 of negative 2.46, and the next worst is the 1920 Red Wings at a negative 1.79. So <laughs> yeah. the Coyotes are playing at an absolutely abominable rate of like <laughs> goal scoring. I mean it's terrible and it's it's all across the board. It's their 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 shot rates which are really bad, their quality which is like pretty bad, the shooting's really bad and their goaltending is awful. It's like terrible. And it's just across the board miserable. And the next worst team after the 1920 Red Wings was the 14-15 Sabres. Uh so yeah, I mean we're looking at we're looking at history here with this Coyotes team. Yeah. They're really bad and the other funny thing i was noticing is that they have this really interesting their best player and worst player are the exact opposite players based on what you would expect from the fan sentiment is right now and we got we got tagged in a tweet by somebody and also then there was a bunch of people responding about um somebody pointed out how shane gossip is having a really good year this year and he is um and and he's leading the league leading the not the league but arizona in both gar and xgar um and their worst player currently is jacob chikrin who you would expect based on what fans were saying last year what we those, were saying those two would be flipped i mean most people would expect gossip the worst defenseman in the league but but that's the thing we were saying and we got some hate for saying this um specifically from flyers fans who were like you have no idea what you're talking about you weren't watching the flyers you don't know nobody claimed him was that we he was an easy pick we thought for seattle yeah easy pick easy pick and they just didn't i mean obviously the wealth of defensemen i think they you know it's it is what it is but it's kind of funny to see gossip uh doing but then really also well. on the flip side to see the flyers you know yeah let gossip go and then trade for Ristolainen, <laughs> they flipped, like, I mean, this is a sure bet one of the worst defensemen in the league in Rasmus Ristolainen. Like, I'm sorry, it's just, there's a handful of players that every year, it's just they don't change, and Ristolainen, Jack Johnson, you know, I don't know about Good Branson this year, but, uh, yeah, he was one of them, and I don't know what the Flyers were doing getting Ristolainen, but they gave up Gostasbear, who was... You know, he's been an up and down player for sure, but I mean, what? he's been. And, so but yeah, did, but that just get that just. Oh, sorry. I was in. Oh, keep going. Oh, I was just gonna say that just means that you know the 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 rest of the players on the Coyotes, yeah, are I don't know. Well, and Lawson Krause, I think, is having a pretty okay year. Like he's not doing, but it, it's just the whole team. And then they also just I don't know it. Yeah, we watched the Wild Air, uh, Coyotes game. Uh, I think it was on. Friday was it last Friday was it yes no it wasn't on Friday it was Wednesday I think um and I just it just like the Coyotes I I also I think I tweeted during the game it kind of looked like I don't know Sean you asked us I don't know if you've been watching any Coyotes games but it kind of looks like they're on the penalty kill like the whole game is kind of what it felt like to me (laughs) like it just felt like they were down a man the whole game and I and it was like the wild who I don't know I don't think I think the wild are a little overhyped like in the overall general kind of sentiment of everyone but they're still a good team with a couple really good skilled players um but the wild were doing that to the coyotes so I don't know what the games they played against like I don't know like <laughs> like if they, they played, played the Panthers or the or Calgary this year or yeah Colorado or I don't well, know they did like an East Coast trip which is really kind of what hit them and I do think 
they're maybe a little bit better than everything would yeah. suggest because they did that. They did the, do the East Coast. Yeah. Um, the funniest part about that game was that five on three goal with Kaprizov where they're passing it back and forth behind the net. Oh my god! Which one was very clever. It was. It's very clever, and you could see him set it up, and, and it it just it, it encapsulated the entire. Arizona Coyotes team. Yeah, no, I watched it. We were, I was watching that live, and I was like, I think Josh had like turned away or something. I was like, oh my goodness, you got to watch this, Josh. Like, it was just like that was nuts to see it happen live because I was like, oh come on, guys, like, yeah, just don't. They were just five on three, and then I, yeah, I went afterwards and I, I saw the both. I think that Fiala goal that I mentioned before we started that that kind of like out of the air backhanded like baseball kind of goal, and then the five on three. It was just like I felt bad. I felt like I shouldn't be watching that it just like it made me feel like okay it's bullying yeah it's bullying it feels like i'm bullying the coyotes by watching another team play against it <laughs> but there is something there's something like great about seeing like the opposite of greatness that is like true. i don't know i really enjoy these things i think it's why like we kind of get along with a lot of buffalo fans the is that like of greatness. like <laughs> i just think it's really interesting on both sides where it's like you see, and I know, you know, don't focus on the negatives and whatnot, but, like, there's something kind of awe-inspiring about seeing an NHL team this bad. And, I mean, I don't know. They might be the worst, like, have the worst. I mean, I don't see them getting significantly better. They're, like, I don't I don't really see – yeah, I mean, they're probably underperforming, obviously, right now just because their goal differential cannot possibly stay this low for an entire season, at least in the, the RTSS era – if it stayed this low, it would be even the 1920 Red Wings being that low. And that was mostly because of a shortened season. That was 71 games. So, like, there's no way well, they're going to continue to be this game. I know well, it wasn't, but the, the funny thing is, you might a shorter season. Shorter. <laughs> the funny thing is also, you might expect the Coyotes to be shooting, like, also based on the record, how they must be getting unlucky in some form. But they're actually, like, like seventh or what are they? They're 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 only the or there's four teams who have a lower on ice shooting percentage at even strength than they do. So it's not even that. Like there's everything else about it. It's that plus you know like there are some. I think like you could look at the, the bottom five teams in, in on ice shooting percentage right now are the Canadians, the Stars, the Bruins, the Blackhawks, and the Coyotes. And which is funny because I think of those, there's like two of those teams. I think you could probably say are definitely getting unlucky. And then there's like maybe two of them that like. I think you could say the Canadians and the Bruins are probably like getting pretty unlucky right now. Yeah. Now Sean is is you know he's grimacing over here. Yeah, he's, diehard Bruins fan. The way, he knows this the, already. No, it's the way that you pronounce Bruins. Bruins. <laughs> you say Bruins. <laughs> I just go right. This is my Midwestern. I don't deal with the middle stuff. You just go from one <laughs> end to the other. Go right to the word Bruins. I will say Bruins for. Is that correct, Sean? Bruins. Yeah. Bruins. Bruins. I mean, you pronounce the whole word. The whole word. <laughs> It's a bear, right? But my point is, <laughs> yes. and I don't know, Sean, if you agree with me, do you think the Bruins have been getting uh, a little unlucky this year? Like they're better than they they've been, or do you think they're just they're no, not? Yes, they are. They have been getting unlucky. Part of it, yeah. Part of it's probably being unlucky. Part of it's probably also that that they're taking really low quality shots, and maybe that's kind of maybe the low quality shots are even more low quality. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I have to do a lot. They're probably getting unlucky. Typically, they yeah. they outshoot their expected goals because they're one of the better passing teams, especially that top line. Yeah, I'd probably um, say shooting team too, but that maybe not. I mean, 
that yeah again everything everything's top heavy there still yeah so. yeah that's true but so i mean my... the bruins have they have the the third best corsi four percentage score at five and five scoring venue adjusted and the uh, second best ex- expected goals percentage at five and five and they have a 42 percent goals four percentage which is 27th in the league so yes i would say that there is definitely something that was going to have is going to is going to change just if they keep up these kind of these you know their numbers and their performance it's just like naturally they're going to get better and that like we projected them they're a very very strong team that's just getting going through kind of some some really un- an unlucky patch I yeah but say. yeah to, yeah I, I well i was gonna say to to kind of finish that off if you did go to the um evolving hockey dot com and you went to the team components or if you went to the uh the evolving hockey Twitter account this morning, I did tweet out kind of a, a decent breakdown of the Bruins right now. And it's like, uh, they're very good and strong in transition, which is reflective in their rates. If you do look, there's a slight negative quality, um, component. And then it's like, it's largely goaltending and shooting right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on both ends. It's been quite bad. Some of them have been fluky goals against, and some of it's just, um, Olmark and uh, Swayman kind of breaking in here. Yeah. So just to finalize on the Coyotes, because I don't want to. I feel like again, even talking about the bullies or the bullies, the Coyotes feels like I'm being a bully about it. But uh, they're they're not the worst. They're not shooting the worst in the league, which kind of is even worse. I think if you think about it, <laughs> like the fact that they're not the worst shooting team in the league means like what the hell else is going on in the guys anyway that's it no more coyotes i don't want to bully teams anymore yeah uh, at least on the podcast well that's probably are we are we at a good time for a break yeah probably yeah yeah we're hitting we're gonna hit the break here it's a good time and uh i mean our sponsor does pay a lot for this true they do so much so we do need to hit the break yeah we do the half hour mark (laughs) i did and i before we get there, I did think it was funny. Uh, somebody said that the back they, they said our the background noise uh, was too loud during our sponsor. So I apologize to the sponsor. I will be turning the background noise, which they mean I think the music. But I was laughing because it's not the first time music that Luke and I have been have made has actually been specifically referred to as background noise. So I'm I was kind of proud of that a little bit. It makes me happy when I see that. Um, I'm not actually kidding. We but need it's to- not like it's 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 just like a really simple synth little I know. pattern. I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna. I will turn that down. So our sponsor, I'm telling this to the sponsor so that they can they can be heard better. Yes. Uh, so yeah, let's. And uh, any other future sponsors that yeah. we will turn the music down. We'll do whatever you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> Pizza shop. <laughs> Duncan. Caribou. Caribou. Hortons. Yeah. What are the anyway. other? Actually, what are the big? Well, we can get to this anyway. Later. We need to take we a break. A break. <laughs> All right. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL goals above replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus, skater contract projections, visualizations, charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Thank you very much to our lovely sponsor for that amazing message. It was just gorgeous. Hopefully you follow through. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll talk about a topic that I told you. Let's just not talk about it because it's 
it's largely boring. But I, <laughs> I guess it's it's kind of become a topic again because of Connor McDavid, and I think it really kind of stemmed from John Tortorella. Yeah. And his comments initially, and then it spread into the series against Winnipeg. And then, yeah, it just kind of blew out of proportion. So let's talk about drawing penalties. Well, and then, I well, before, and then wasn't, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Frank, uh, Cervalli. Didn't he have like a response that also like was in, like about that? Or is that different than what? The, so, yes, what? The, there was said. a response to Tortorella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, I don't know, should we read it just so people know what we're talking about? Sure. Well, I, I thought that was about, um, I thought that was Everything more... revolves around Connor McDavid's game. Yes, and his so that's, like, play style. That's what the whole thing revolved around. And the fact that, um, generally speaking, Connor probably didn't get the penalty calls that he deserved. Um in that series specifically against Winnipeg because Tortorella basically said that he needs to change his game. And to say that about the hard trophy winner is a little odd. Yeah. Well, and, so I was going to yeah. ask just your, to clarify what, what exact, cause I was, I didn't look into it too much. I just started floating around was like, when I saw that, I thought it was like, what does it, what does it mean when he says change his game? Like what exactly is that referring so to? So I do, do think, think he specifically meant like defensively. That's what I read it as too. I think he said that. Okay. Um, not gonna go back to it. This Cervelli uh tweet still baffled that high level analysis on Connor McDavid from John Tortorella on ESPN is shut up. If the best player on the planet <laughs> debatable needs to change his <laughs> his game to be successful in the playoffs, we should probably be talking more about the game needing to change than him. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, and it largely revolved around defense, but I think the argument that many who watched that series was that uh, Winnipeg just basically decided that there's a maximum number of penalties that a, a an official will call, and so you're better off um, interfering or doing different things to try to, to, try to slow him down. Yeah, and I think Cervelli's sort of hinting at that and saying, you know, basically Winnipeg's able to get away with a lot. They'll take a uh, certain number of penalties that they're going to take anyway, and then an official's not going to call anything beyond that. And so it's smarter for them to just try to slow Connor McDavid down. It's not necessarily in a dirty way, but like interfere, like slight interference or different things like that. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, I th- I thought it was kind of an interesting idea and i thought the debate was something that was largely out of my real i don't know my i didn't care too much about it but i think it is kind of an interesting thing because you do get this sentiment a lot in playoffs that um like this especially from coaches you hear this a lot is like oh in the playoffs you need that good defensive style you need you, like you need kind of that like uh that high octane you know you're, you're not going to be able to make it far in the playoffs if you don't have a good like kind of defensive core on your team right which as a wild fan i always thought that was funny because the wild were that for years and that didn't ever really do anything right <laughs> so it's like you kind of need both i think it's a little bit absurd to say that mcdavid does need to change his play style but i think from the penalty standpoint um, it was, and I, the discourse is going around was, and we've had this, so to clarify, then the reason I think why Sean doesn't want to talk about this other than the fact <laughs> that it's boring to him, it's not boring to Luke. No, it's not I boring it's to very me. very interesting. Uh, <laughs> but, um, in our, uh, our goals above replacement, both of our main player evaluation tools, um, or, or models, we have a component that is both pl- uh, penalty, penalties drawn and penalties taken. Um, that's actually the guard. I, we could talk about that later, but it's an interesting, uh, way that we've 
we calculate that because it's not exactly a model. It's more like a what? It's kind of like a ba- we call it like a baseball math kind of thing that looks at the. Um, well, it's essentially the yeah, way Luke, it, Luke can explain it. The a way bit it better. works is that our our GAR model. I mean, this is kind of a slight tangent, but player like penalty drawing and taking is. Um, um, one of the, I mean, I haven't looked at this in a while, but like when I was doing like testing repeatability stuff, so like just for a little bit more background, it's a lot of, uh, metrics when historically people have tested them or, um, a way to kind of show their validity, one approach that would go into multiple different kind of, um, tests of a metric is seeing how repeatable it is year to year. So basically what you look at is, the, um, generally, it's done at a rate, but you would look at uh, penalties taken or drawn per 60 for each player and compare their one season to the next season. And then you do that for every player and you look at what the correlation is on average for every single skater season year to year. Um, and drawing and taking penalties in the NHL is actually one of the more repeatable things, um, which is kind of, I think, might be surprising to some people. Um, it's It's the same... There's nothing really that comes close to like hits for and hits against. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like I would say that's the closest thing we have in the NHL to like I don't know in baseball like bat speed or like yeah you like know a sure thing like a sure thing yeah. like there you are, could maybe argue like playing time too yeah yeah time and ice but that yeah. might be even a little bit more um, you know it might might fluctuate a little bit more but like or hit, I meant I meant time per game but yeah, yeah 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 average time and ice per game yeah that is very repeatable also but that's kind of a little different um, but like hits for and against. Um, per 60 are like the most repeatable metrics the last time i looked at this which is probably a couple like a year or two ago. i think blocks are up there too if i remember yeah, correctly block, rate of block shots anyway, is pretty I'm, repeatable but anyway yeah. so for our gar model basically um i mean we really did this because the original war on ice model war model had penalty drawing and penalty taking as a player skill that players can add value because if you do draw a penalty Obviously, that's advantageous to your team because they're going onto the power play where rates of gold, the goal differential rate is much more in favor of your team. So that is valuable to um, a team. If you're if you are good at taking penalties or if you are good at avoiding. No, if you're good at drawing penalties and if you're good at avoiding taking penalties. So that's generally like i mean i think a lot of people vote on the lady being based on like lowest penalty drawn or penalty taken you know it's a lot of the time people say jacob slavin you know jared spurgeon is another player who um i think is matthews generally doesn't take a lot of penalties so like yeah, he was a finalist yeah so like big minute defensemen specifically who don't take a lot of penalties are can actually add a decent amount of value from that standpoint um and then but mostly it's like um uh forwards who draw penalties so um, in our GAR model, essentially, and it's we remove offsetting penalties, so no, like you know, um, I don't know, embe- uh, embellishments. Well, embellishments do, but like uh, any offsetting minors, um, there's no, like it's, you know, obviously unsportsmanlike and match penalties and stuff. It's just like the if you do have have a five do a you know, there's a five minute match penalty or five minute major, that's going to be really bad. Um, I think that we made the decision to not include the excess three minutes in the drawing. But basically the way it works, I mean, kind of a long-winded approach here to explain this, is that on average um, you you can calculate the goal value of one penalty drawn by comparing the scoring rates at five-on-five five, moving to five-on-four. And, and any other. And any other strength state change. 
And then the value there can be a per minute value. So it would be the difference. You would look at scoring differential at five on five, which I, I don't have any numbers on the top of my head. So I can't like give you a, a, a clear definition of what it is. But I believe that one... I should have read the article. I wrote this article. Anyway, it doesn't. It, it anyway, doesn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. We, I did this a long time ago, but it works. Let yeah. me just. I'll just say that it, it, it works. Yeah, it works. So, uh, to, to get back to it, though, I think. Come on, Josh, the, kill time. Let me read. Oh yeah, go read. I will kill okay. time. I will go to evolving-hockey.com. Isn't and do there it. a penalty goals table that that could help you out here too? It, yeah, there. there yeah, is. but anyway, it doesn't explain so the I, methodology. To get back to the original point that we were talking about, which I think is what a lot of fans think, is that McDavid doesn't draw as many penalties as he should and that that um the refs are not calling everything i think that's kind of what the discourse was around the the series the, uh, the winnipeg series right and um just in general i think that's also the thing that we ran into trouble with um last year was the and i think it's just because we follow a lot of leafs fans but leafs fans are constantly mad because they don't think that their best players are getting uh are drawing enough penalties which i don't know that's but if we look at, for instance, I'm not no gonna, comment on that. No, no comment. comment from Sean. He's already bored out of his mind. Yeah, he doesn't like, like this topic. And there's a lot of hockey. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hockey. <laughs> he's watching the Lightning in their black jerseys. He's, he's happy. No, to no, just no. Like, that game's over. I'm watching oh. the Hurricanes finish it out here. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so just to, to 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 finalize that kind of idea is um, with over the last four years or five, what did I do a five year uh, four years so the last four years the. Players who have drawn the most penalties uh, or added the most value from drawing penalties per our GAR model are Elias Pettersson, Nathan McKinnon, Pasternak, McDavid, and then Skinner. Um, those are raw totals. Now, I saw some discourse around, like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, because uh, that also takes into account playing time, so we should look at rates here. So if we do, like, a 2,500-minute cutoff and just do the draw per 60, the number one player who, in terms of draw penalty or draw value uh, or drawing penalties value, goals added by yeah, drawing penalties is still Pedersen. So he's still by far, at least in the last four years, Pedersen has by far been the best player at drawing penalties, like or adding at, value as a, at a rate, at a rate and raw value. Now the rates, though, after that, it's uh, Athanasiu is second, and. Then it's uh, Pasta, Pasternak, and then Jeff Skinner and Nikolai Ehlers. Um, but McDavid drops down to 13th there in terms of overall value added from drawing penalties. So at I, a rate. At a rate, which I do think there probably is some merit to the fact that um, McDavid probably is, and, and that you kind of have upper and lower bounds in terms of the number of penalties that refs are going to call, um, I think, within a game. That's just kind of, you can see that. Is that I mean, you, there's been research done, and that shows like if a penalty is called, you know, one or two penalties or multiple penalties you called against one team in the first or second period, you can expect generally another penalty to be called the other way later in the game. I mean that that is a trend that you do see, but it doesn't really uh, it kind of it, avoid, it, it misses the fact that players can um, do this repeatedly, and they do do it repeatedly, and it's not always the best players, I think is what Luke was kind of starting to get well, to. Yeah, I here. mean, what I was mostly trying to say is I think some people equate, like, the top point leaders in the league should be drawing more all, all of the penalties. I mean, that's a really simplistic view of it, but it, it seems like sometimes I see this argument where the the number of like the the top point like top goal scorers and top point the points leaders aren't drawing penalties but there are like a lot of people like Tom Wilson or I don't know Brendan Lemieux yeah Brendan Lemieux like a lot of these players who are drawing a lot more penalties and I think my point 
is just what we what I've seen, and this is consistent going back to 0708, is that that's not always the case. Like there are a lot of players who are good. Like I don't know Garnett Hathaway. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> like well, those are all like pests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying that like there are players who are very good at drawing penalties because of other factors that doesn't have to do with offense. And yeah, I know they're pests, but that's just like how it works. And I, it all it also doesn't. Hold on, let Sean. Let yeah, Sean. We've been retort, talking about Sean's retort. back. He's done watching hockey. He's yeah, back to argue about penalties with us. I don't think it's about it's it's points that people are equating it to. I think it's speed or largely. play play style. Maybe. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with McDavid too, though, and it's funny. It's like sometimes he's like almost too fast for a defender to even commit an infraction on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, there's just sometimes she just like blows past people. And you can't even commit an infraction. Yeah. Um, Which I think is an interesting point. I think that is like, that's maybe something that is going on here, I think, a little bit. But I think the the biggest issue that people have follows the Tim Peel uh, incident last year, where it was the, um, I guess, the part that you normally don't say aloud was said aloud to an international audience and to. It also kind of exposed a league that's also now wants to take um, take the profits of, of the gambling industry, right? And so it was a huge reputation hit for the NHL. And I think it definitely made like a lot of fans skeptical about like what's happening here. And it forced a lot of people to reconvene on this, on this uh, topic. And I think for many, including myself, sort of backed off on on the value of penalties for for a bit my general confusion to it or my general concern around it is that you know does there need to be an adjustment to the to the bias that referees have if i if the maple leaves for example your your austin matthews and the maple leaves um just had two power plays and Austin clearly gets tripped. He's theoretically because of the referee's bias, less likely to get that call. Um, and then the same goes for the other way. If the, if the Maple Leafs um, had just taken two penalties and then Austin Matthews commits an infraction, he's less likely to be called against. I, I think that's kind of my, would be my biggest concern of including that into a value or like the biggest adjustment necessary. Yeah. Um, and I think others would, would also feel that way. So like, how do you guys feel about the Tim Peel incident and, and those types of things? I mean, I guess my thought on it was like, this has been a consistent trend in the NHL. It's been this way, like for as long as we, the game has like, that's just the way the refs have been calling it. Like, it seems like it, I mean, unless something changed where they all of a sudden started, like, have adding this bias, basically a score scorekeeper or a score bias or a penalty uh, rolling penalty differential, like in-game penalty different differential, like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if a team is, has three has gotten three more calls than the other team, they're much less likely to get another call. And so my thought on it is if this is something that is applied evenly across the league – where all players are experiencing it evenly. I don't think it's a specific team bias. It's a literal, 
score and rolling penalty bias. And now this is something that we have, I actually wanted to incorporate more in depth into our penalty goals model and our GAR model, because we can do a score and and period adjustment. And I had actually looked into doing this, which is actually pretty significant. Um, like if a team is up two goals in the third period, you know, what is the rate, like, his, like what is the kind of like you would do for Corsi for and against in, you know, you would do that for score for, adjusting score yeah. adjusting. Yeah. Your score and venue adjusting penalties. But in, in this case, it would be a score and venue adjustment per period, um, which actually would be pretty impactful. But the, the thing that's interesting is that it, it does seem to be applied evenly across the entire league and all players are impacted by this in both directions. Kind of like what you said. So, it's kind of an, an interesting thing because I do understand the argument where, yes, if there is an infraction committed, they should just call they should call the rule book. Um, but from a from a valuation and I, I agree with that, definitely. Um, but I think that the impact it would have on players values is not necessarily as large as a lot of people would think. Because if we did account for this in a score, like doing a score and venue adjustment, like a more in-depth score and venue adjustment to our penalty goals model, um, I don't think it would have as big of an impact as some people would think it it would. I guess that's kind of my well, thought. And then the other thing, not to, I don't know if Sean, maybe you were. I don't know if that made sense. Did that kind of answer what I think you were thinking, Well, because, I mean, theoretically, right, if, like, if, you draw the, if, if you draw a penalty in the first period when it's tied, right, that's probably worth more value than well or it would be worth well let me think about this i'm not going to do this in my head right now but essentially (laughs) it would change the way at which value is being applied so that it's not the same for every at any point in the game but i i guess the the other thing i think that what would need to happen is is um like the league i think would have to implement some kind of uh rule or there'd have to be something that says hey going into this season we are going to be calling penalties differently because I don't think they can well, just like, right? They I'm, they try to do that all the time, and then it yeah. just it fizzles. I know out for ten games anyway. Yeah, so it's I think, and then the other thing. Well, so that that's the thing I think mo- mostly is that it's. Um, I don't think that you could just kind of like oh, and I think it almost kind of reminds me of like the MLB with their baseball, like the baseball stuff that they've been, um, like that they've been kind of I don't know exactly uh, what the you would sticky call stuff it. or no the, actual, the, oh. the, the the material that made the balls. I think it was yeah. was it twenty. 18 like the year they basically there were like an incredible number more of home runs than than in years prior and then the next year they changed the formula or like however they make the ball and they completely decrease and stuff like this drastically um changes like i mean you know power plays obviously and penalty kills they have a huge impact on scoring rates and how a team is able to win or whether or not they're going to win and like sean you said it now there's a lot of ramifications with betting and you know if you draw a penalty like in the late you know end of the you know last like 10 minutes of the third period right then there's a huge implication um there but i guess the thing for me i think also is that fans get mad in the playoffs specifically now we're kind of getting back to the original comment about you know uh mcdavid in the playoffs but i I think what some people maybe forget is actually that they call more penalties in the playoffs right i mean like the penalty rates are higher in the playoffs than they are in the regular season isn't that correct luke didn't we look at that last year it's it's i want to say it's and i meant to go i should have done this before we recorded here but uh, I I, I want to say that it it is about the same, if not a little bit higher. I thought it was higher, but I could be wrong. So anyway, I think it's something that, like what Luke was saying, is that it's not um it's not a matter. And this is kind of the same thing with any. 
I don't know if you would call it, classify this as a bias. It probably is a bias, I guess. But it's kind of the same thing when you talk about like, um, like you know, rank bias, that kind of stuff. Is I think some people think that like they're um, that uh, it's going to have a huge impact on players or whatever, right? It's the same kind of thing with score adjusting. Is that it doesn't actually have that big of an impact specifically on players for sure. But even teams, you don't see a huge change. It's just there are small things in the margins or maybe slightly outside the margins that are important to adjust because it's more correct. That's kind of more what we're talking about and why I still think that evaluating penalties like we do from a draw and take in value is still like it, it's players who do do it. They're able to do it and they it, it, there's a skill there. I still strongly believe there's a skill in drawing penalties. Like, you know, I, I think you can't watch not watch Brad Marchand and say like he's very good at drawing penalties because that's just kind of what he does. Right. Same thing with Matthew Kachuk. It's like these same kind of pest people as well. And Brady Kachuk. Yeah. Both Kachuks. And, and like, I mean, I, even I if would, you watch like Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why he draws a bunch of penalties. It's because he's a slippery player. Like yeah. he's not he's playing down behind the yeah, goal line we, a lot. Maybe our our uh, we should throw our, um, our 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 opinion in the debate here and say that McDavid needs to slow down a little bit so he can draw more penalties. <laughs> right, Sean? Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of that's like agility when you talk yeah. about Kaprizov or Marshawn and yeah. They are, You'll notice too they'll have specific um, ways that which they'll approach a puck to draw a trip and whatever. But yeah, yeah. I think to summarize what you've what you've said there is that like if you zoom out, it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, everybody yes. kind of gets it the same. It's kind of yeah. like quality of competition where yeah, everybody just over the longer period of time. Yeah. But um, I, I will say that we exposure. we will be we're going to be redoing our um, our goals of replacement model this this summer or probably during the season and it will be something that we likely will address um, and we will be implementing something that changes a little bit to just make it more correct I think it is correct like right now I think that we the model could be better at evaluating the value added from penalties overall if we did have some kind of score and period adjustment to well, them I and and also I think there's another way to to look at it from a um, instead of looking at the, I mean, I, I think you could, this will get much more complicated, but you could do a score and like score differential. So like right now though, I was just looking the, the way that we score and menu adjust penalties is so for instance, the home team, if the home team takes, if a player draws a penalty while they are trailing, it gets a, uh, 1.175 adjustment. So wait, penalty no, no. or take? Sorry, if they take a penalty oh. while they're trailing, it gets a one point one seven five adjustment. So, and that's percent. That's basically. Per, it's it's basically you would look at and 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 the goal value on a minor from what we wrote about in I think it was twenty seventeen twenty eighteen is it was a, is like zero point one eight five zero point one eight two like that's the goal value of drawing one minor penalty. Um, so when you adjust that. You know, it's it's not a huge adjustment. Now, over a long enough period, it could add some value, um, like in in a couple directions. But essentially, the the home and, and uh, the the score and venue adjustments are it's it's similar to um, shot rates, like Corsi shot rates, like when you do a score and venue adjustment. So the most so if in in um, if the <laughs> I'm trying to remember how this is interpreted now. Just don't, yeah, don't worry about it. It's it's kind. Of <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't but worry no. about it. It's so fine. What I was going to say us. though is that it is it, it it you could do it from a like that is just based on score state. 
but you could also do it based on penalty state. So if the home team has a higher in-game penalty differential, you could adjust it that way as well. And that was something that I meant to go kind of look at again. But again, like redoing these models is just, it does, it's a large undertaking for us. And it's something that we kind of need to do all at the same time. And so this is something that we plan to do when we redo our GAR model. Um, yeah. After our, our XG, we do an XG update. Um, but it's just something that's going to have to have to wait a little bit because it's already accounted for a little bit. It's just it could be done better. I'm not really sure how much it's going to impact things. Um, uh, you know, it's it's really just going to be players who are put in situations where they would be in like the third period where they're trailing or leading by a lot kind of thing. You know, if you're put into those situations a lot more, then you might see a bigger move. But players who are generally played when it's tied or you know, it's in the first and second periods. Like, I mean, and even still, that's not a huge increase in deployment. You know, play all the players still have to play. It's just, you know, something that that some players get a little bit more minutes in the third period when their team is trailing or leading, and it's it kind of goes different directions. There's a lot of things that have to be accounted for there. So we've so, answered yes. we we've answered the question about all of this, and everything is clear. Yes, and we've uh, you know no need to debate <laughs> this anymore. No, it's done. Issue's over. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're done talking about penalties, Sean. You can come back. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't understand why you're saying redo your model. Like, you should just say evolve your model. Evolve the model. <laughs> Boo. Well, that's the funny thing. The I entire think that, time, I'm just thinking that. Boo. Yeah, it, it is kind of an interesting thing. I, Evolving I, hockey, Gar, so, evolved. When I say, yeah. I, I should be clear, because I think that has some ramifications I'm not realizing, is when we say redo what we actually are really talking about is just adding an additional season or two because we haven't redone it, but the model itself is going to be basically the same, except we're going to update it with some recent data that we haven't had. So when we did it, I think the la the one we're currently using is from 1920. I don't remember. What, it, the XG model? Yeah, it's, it's through the 18. You got to stop with that, too. What? <laughs> 1920. Oh, yeah. You guys say 2019-20. you know that we're not hockey historians, so I would never be talking about hockey in 1920. Well, you were just talking about the 1920s Red Wings. <laughs> well, no, that was the night. Oh, I, sh I should have clarified that though. So yeah. I said I thought I said since 0708, the 1920 Red Wings. Doesn't that wait, mean wait, wait. you were actually talking about the 2019? Yes. Red Wings. Well, yeah. looking at our website, Sean, it doesn't go back before 2007. You know that. <laughs> I thought you were like hockey reference or something. No, but they, so they don't it was have a shortened season. I, I I don't even know where I would find that in hockey reference. <laughs> I've tried to, I've tried to look at historical stuff like that. I'm not. It's anyway, hard to find. Anyway, um, oh man, I'm now I'm all Sean just I'm all thrown off here. Sean was. <laughs> why did you guy. actually think I was talking about the 1920 Red yes. Wings? When did do they... we ever talk about 19 any <laughs> 1900s any hockey? Like if you said like 1718, like like obviously I know there's no NHL at that point. Like 1920. <laughs> And all the others, I feel like you said was. <laughs> I've never were like the regular, like the correct it, usage. It's just oh, this is how we really refer funny. to seasons all the time between the two of us, Luke and I do, and uh, I can understand why nineteen twenty or twenty twenty one. Yes, the nineteen twenty. I would have been very. Yeah. It would have. I would have had a much different reaction if the if the the worst team since this year's Coyotes were was a hundred years ago. That would have been a. <laughs> A dip, much, much different segment than what we actually went through. But anyway, sorry, we got derailed. What I was saying when when I mean when I say redo our model, I mean just adding in recent seasons that are not currently in the model. Now it, it has a very, very small, if if no impact at all. It just it makes it a little bit more 
recent um and our xg model as well that's kind of what it means now we we are thinking about actually though this time potentially reconfiguring the goals above replacement model so that it's a little bit more interpretable um and i think that's one of the things that i would in we will be probably, uh, I should say probably now, but we, we will be eventually doing an episode where we kind of really do a deep dive into how that model works. Um, I'm hoping to have some articles out uh, that we're going to start doing some explainers that are a little higher level that kind of should be more intro level stuff. And I think it'd be good to talk about it there as well. Um, but there is a lot of different uh, ways that we could approach that and how we do the modeling. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I mean. We're It's not going to change at all, hardly. Um, it's just going to be a more recent model that will be more applicable and better for a, a, as we get into future seasons. Yeah. So that that's all. What's so funny, Sean? Sean's just laughing at it. Just every, still, everything. Everything's every, so everything. everything's so funny. I'm being. I want to make sure that we're clear here, Sean. Yeah. That everyone knows what we're talking about. That we don't. Cause well, we have public. a dog entering the oh, screen. Yeah, sorry. Everything. We're yeah. taking care of our parents' dog. His name's Dash. <laughs> if you're great. on Twitter, you saw a picture of him, and he's been. Uh, He's been down here. We took his collar off so he didn't jingle jangle. But he's been oh. jumping between Luke and I this whole time. Yeah, like, he, he, he needs to sit on one of us while we're speaking. So yeah, he's sorry. He's just tired. To, yes. He had a big walk. He had a know. big walk, big day. Um, but anyway, I think that's a good, probably a good, uh, we, I guess we spent the whole second half we're, talking about penalties, even though Sean didn't want to talk yeah, about penalties at all. About a half hour in evolving and historic <laughs> hockey. <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll get back to this next week. Next weekend I'll be in in Montreal, but hopefully um, could be back for a nice Sunday night recording. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden I got mad at you guys for traveling during the summer, and now like during the season I'm I'm the one who's <laughs> traveling. But I know we well it was our in the off season we have time where we're not committed to having to do stuff daily to this for the site, but during the season we basically can't go anywhere. That's kind of how we. Wow. The grind never stops. I know. Yeah. yeah. The grind no. never stops. That's never not does. entirely true, but. Uh, it's a little bit it's more. It's for the summer. It's not for the summer. Yeah. It's, well, it's, there's not new data that it's just. Can... <laughs> yeah. It's always a little sketchy when you have to like access things from like a, a hotel Wi-Fi or something. I don't particularly like doing that. Yeah. So we try to avoid. We've had doing things that. break while we've been out of town. And like it's on just... conferences, I remember Luke. I remember it was in Ottawa that yeah. something happened and Luke had to connect to like something to go and fix something. I had that to connect broke. to the, like. I had to connect to the like Carleton College Wi-Fi to go update something, and I had to like. It, yeah, I won't get into it, but yeah. it was just I was sitting in the con- like at like nine in the morning, like in the you know in the hockey stats conference, and just like updating something frantically on our site because it broke. So it was yeah. just like, yeah, that I don't you know we try, but hopefully yeah. that uh, yeah. we'll make our, it'll easier anyway. In the it, 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 anyway, yeah. this will get cut out. <laughs> We're no, cutting this, this out. This is not getting cut out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do enough editing to go in and cut this stuff out. <laughs> well. Thank you guys for a nice Saturday night. It wasn't like going out to to a bar, but it to was nice shop. chatting over. Yeah, it wasn't like going to the pizza shop, but it was nice <laughs> chatting over Zoom, talking some hockey. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it was always, always a pleasure. Good to and see. And hopefully you, our listeners will enjoy our our laughs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> take it easy, Sean. Thanks. Yeah, take it easy.